0: Well hey hello again this is Shane and this is Heartlines. Now I hope you're doing well. Now this is episode 13 yes and this is going to be about a place in Asia called Nepal. Now if you don't know Nepal it's between China in the north and India in the south and it's a place I went to on a cultural volunteering experience nearly 10 years ago so it's a long time ago, and i want to I want to talk about this my experience of going to Nepal now I'll talk about the culture i'll t- I'll talk about what I'd done, how I adapted to certain um challenges that were in front of me, and the people I met along the way as well. Do you know when you're looking on Facebook and you see the you know memories from last year five years ago or even further back? well, I seen a poster a day and it was from ten years ago. And it was to do with a I was um preparing to partake or do a fundraiser for part fund my volunteer trip to Nepal. So I had a pub quiz, a karaoke, I had a host, I also had lots of raffle lots of prizes to give away and and a raffle. So it was a it was an exciting time, you know, to to be getting ready to do something that I I'd never done before. Now the idea for this project came in the first kind of couple of months of 2010. I was looking, I was looking to do something different, some something outside my comfort zone, and then this project, or this company, I researched online and I found a company called EIL, and these had experience in cross cultural relations and and going to different countries and, you know, slotting in and and learning about about culture and. Volunteering abroad and getting the experience of a different culture. I I done the pub quiz and it was coming towards the end of June and making sure everything was in order. Going to Asia, especially a place like Nepal, there was lots of, lots of in injections to do when you're traveling to, like polio, diphtheria, all all the injections you would need for traveling. There was going to be a lot of different elements to the trip. I'd stay with a host family, so I wrote a a letter to a host family to thank them for taking me on for a couple of weeks. And then we had a pre-departure meeting. Basically, it was in Dublin. It was in a place called the Irish Aid... And volunteering center. I don't know if it's still there, that's where it was. It was on O'Connell Street in Dublin. There were many different volunteers who were going to all over the world. They're going to South America, Central America, Asia. And they were just coming to be briefed uh, about what to expect, you know, culturally, food wise, uh, important information. If you are like, if you need help over there, if you need any assistance. Just to give you an idea that you're not alone, like you're going over there, okay, you're going over there with all the ambition to really make a difference, but you're not alone because you're going to find some challenges, uh, you're going to get some culture shock, The you, you might find the food is a little different, you might find the customs a little different, so it's going to be a new experience. I was going for five weeks, so I was happy that I got my, my company, at the, the well, the company I was working for at the time gave me that time off. So it gave me that chance to go for, instead of a two-week vacation, well, it wasn't a vacation. Instead of a two-week time off, it was five weeks. So it was a, a long time to go and experience a new culture. I remember the day where I was flying out. It was July the 11th, 2010. The reason why that day sticks in my mind is because it was the final of the World Cup, the football or soccer World Cup. And it was Spain versus Netherlands in the final. And I remember I was in the airport watching the first half and then I had to get on the plane because I, I was flying from Dublin to Abu Dhabi. And the captain came on the intercom and told told the whole plane the result of the game. So that was very interesting that the captain would come on and tell the result of the game. It just stuck in my mind. So I was flying Dublin, Abu Dhabi and then Abu Dhabi to Kathmandu. I was excited. I I, I, I didn't know what to expect. When I arrived in Kathmandu, I arrived, at the airport is called Tribuvan. It's the international airport. And I arrived there, went through customs, they were all very nice. And it was, I could see, oh, it was going to be different. It was, It's a bustling, a bustling airport. And I remember I, I was, I was looking for, um, do you know, do you know when you're in the airport, and you're, you see in the movies or you go into a Dublin airport and you see people with a little signs saying, you know, I'm look, I'm look, this is Mr. Such and such. And I'll be your... I'll be picking you up and I'll be bringing you to, to your your final um, place where you're going to stay. And I was looking for a guy called Mr. Jian. And I seen a, a person with a, a little a little placard saying his name. And I went out there and, I, and I, a whole load of other people came following after me. And I thought, I felt it was like a movie. I was going to be kidnapped, but it wasn't. It was just, it was just the culture. It's just the way it was. They were very helpful. So the people just grabbed my bags and got me into a car and I was like okay let's go and we drove down to Kathmandu and Kathmandu is a, it's a very busy bustling city cars trucks vans just a bustling bustling kind of city now I remember I was staying in a place called Kalanki Mandir it was a little bit outside kind of the main city centre and it was it, it was like a volunteering hub so there was all the volunteers were staying there so initially when I went, when I first flew out to Kathmandu I was like okay I'm I'm here on my own, independent. I'm I'm going to find my own way. But straight away, I realized I'm in a place that I guess is alien to me. I didn't know what to, I don't know what to expect. And I want to meet new people. And lucky enough, there was people from America, Europe, even all over the world. There was pe- there was people I could make friends with and build up a kind of friendship with. These people came for the same experience as me. They're coming to volunteer. They're going to do all sorts of, Um. they're going to do either, you know, teaching. They're gonna. One person was doing photography. They were, they they were, just, they were just here to to be of some sort of help. And there was it was guys from America. Um, there was an Italian guy Alec. There was Ethan, America. Benjamin, I think he was from Belgium. Arnie from Germany. Eleanor from Belgium. Marley America. Kendra also America. Joni and Shyam. So, that's just an an idea of some of the people. There was lots of people like Kem Wentz. Went. But offhand I can't even think, you know, I I even wrote a diary just to kind of keep track of all the people I met and there's so many people who came and went and it was very much like a, a hub of where we would kind of position ourselves before we went on to our actual host families. I got to experience the culture, so we got to do culture classes, have Nepali culture and also Nepali language lessons so I got to learn some basic Nepali and I've also done some uh, cultural trips so I went to the temples down in a place called Thamel which is like a visitor area in Kathmandu and a place called Durbar Square now it's kind of it's it's a UNESCO world site and there's lots of different temples there's Buddhist and Hindu temples some of which there's some temples that are only restricted to Buddhist and 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 Hindu people so um, so that was was very interesting we also learned about the kumari the story behind this is a kumari is chosen so it's a it's a girl from um a family and it's chosen from a very uh select criteria from the age of four to five this kumari will go and live in one of the temples in durbar square and will only come will only be seen by people a couple of times a year only when the kumari hits puberty is when the Kimari goes back to being as they call mortals, so they go back to being like uh civilians, so they go back to live with the family and they choose another Kimari. So it's a very um it's a unique tradition and it's one of the only goddesses um or deities in the world, so it was very interesting to learn about all about that. Learn about the different temples there was the Karma Sutra temple, we had a tour guide who said there was a hippie temple, there was an the alcohol temple, lots of different temples. Just all these temples meant something different, and it was just interesting to learn about Buddhism and Hinduism. And, and also, I, I also got to try the national dish, which is dalbat, like it's, it's uh, dalbat, so it's lentil rice. And kind of a vegetable curry, so that's the national dish. At home, we like we'd have in the morning. We'd have like a, like similar to what we'd have in for breakfast. Like for myself, I'd have like oats, have some oats, some fruits, just like just like a cereal, like what I'm what what I'm more used to here. And then Dalbat was. Predominantly, I'd have a lot of dal bat, and the, the idea behind the dal bat is you don't eat with a fork and knife. They had you; they wanted us to eat with a with our hands. But it took me a while to adapt to eating with the hands because there's a certain technique required to eat dal. Eating out, we out like noodles, soups, chicken soups. But I, I'll, if you're ever in Nepal or if you ever get a chance to have Nepali food, try momo. Momo, they're like little dumplings. Boil little dumplings. You got vegetable. You have some. Ch- you got chicken. You have beef. So there's lots of different like options there. And also the buses. Like I, I, I'm a bus person. I, I, I don't drive but at the moment. I don't drive and. I, I've never, I've never ha, have driven. So whenever I'm in any city, I use the bus. In Dublin, I use the bus. In San Diego, I use the bus. Everywhere, I just use the bus. Buses are convenient, and they get you around the city, and you get to see a bit more, I'd say, as you're driving on a bus. Now, on on these buses, there's a the bus driver, and you have a conductor, and a conductor could be a young kind of teenager and so much energy like the, you get on the bus and then the conductor you pay the conductor and the, and the conductor is jumping on and off the bus at, even as the bus is moving he's like the, the conductor is running to, to jump on the bus and swinging out of the bus banging on the door as you say to tell the bus to keep going and like you, you're risking their lives jumping up you know in peak traffic times and just carefree just in, out, in, know, just just get get on with it. It's it's how you're taught. So that was that was something that culturally I found different as well. And then I also got as part, another, another part of the experience was I got to go and leave Kathmandu for a couple of days and, and go and do a mountain village experience in a place called Lamatar, about two hours outside the city. And it was with a gentleman. He was called he's called Sulav. He was going to be our like our extended family for that short time so we got to meet his ama or his mother and we she we could do some home cooking or got some fresh food fruits tried different like desserts and, and treats uh we were also treated to a cultural da- dance show from his uh, sister so she brought her friends in we got to, just to see some nepali dancing we got got, got to do a bit of mounting or hill walking not quite trekking because it was small little 800 meter hills and Got to get out and see some get to get get some scenery and fresh air and, and just get out get out and about outside of the city. You know, so after a couple of days we were it was time to go again, so we, we said our goodbyes and we headed back down to Kathmandu and Kathmandu, that was we only stayed a short I, I only stayed a short it was a day or two and then we were off on another adventure. We were heading down south to place called Chitwan. And from there, that's where pretty much, that's where I would uh, stay for the majority of my time. On that way down, we actually went rafting. We got a bus down, we jumped off the bus, got in the water and it was fun. It was an experience. I'd never done rafting before. Uh, only a couple of years later, I realized that I, this wasn't included in the payment. I thought this was part of the, the trip, but I, I it turned out it wasn't. So I, I ended up sending a, a, a transfer payment to the gentleman who coordinated this experience. And then we went to Chitwan and uh, National Park. So we we went down and experience, we got to go on safaris. So we got to see some wildlife, got to do elephant trekking. You know, Elephant trekking, if you ever meet up, up close and personal with an elephant, do you see how big they are? If you ever sit in the back of an elephant, it's a bumpy ride, bounding around and just elephants, anything in the way of an elephant is just going to be flattened, you know. Also went elephant bathing and it's not... It's not an elephant like you see in the movies where they they get the trunk and spray water on your back. That would be pretty cool. Oh, basically, what what happens? Well, they do a bit of that, but basically, the handler brings you into the little bit into the river. Basically, what happens is the handler, the person who is handling the elephant, just taps at the elephant's legs, and I know if someone keeps tapping at my legs. I'm gonna fall over eventually. So eventually, the elephant just topples down a little bit and knocks you in the water and. Again, I can't swim, so I was asking the handler, please put me in the shallow end so if I fall in, I can just jump right up and away I go. In the national park, there is a indigenous people. They're called the Tharu people. And they live there and they still keep their, their customs. And we were introduced to, uh, we brought to a show, a fire show uh, hosted by the Tharu people. So it was very interesting to see, you know, them do all like fire tricks and, and, and kind of paint a picture of, of, of their culture and, and history. Kind of, I kind of felt like I I was more treated like a, a tourist in Kathmandu. We were all kind of digging in, like we were just working with the resources we had, and sometimes the resources, like it, with the, for example, water is pumped in, people get water pumped in, so you kind of rationalize what you you use, you know. Whereas, uh, as a, a guest in the national park, we we felt like we could just let the hair down a little bit. Before we went and met our house family, and then we'll get we we'll, we'll, we would uh, immerse ourselves once more into the community. So after this, we I went down to it was time to go and meet the host family. This was a little, it was a little bit away from the national park. It was in a place called West Rampur, and it was very rural, very very much uh, idyllic kind of countryside, farming, agriculture, very much uh, community based. Very close knit. Now I'll explain. When I went to meet the family, I was told to bring a gift, and I brought um I brought a mixed CD or a a mixed CD of Irish folk ballads and kind of rock songs. Kind of give them a if they've never heard any Irish music something a little bit different. And the family were the Podells, and the prem was the father, um, ama. I, I don't actually remember calling her actual name. Um, there was the sister, Asmita, she spoke English because she had, she, she had worked for many uh, volunteers before so and she had done some travelling. Uh, there was Raju, that was uh, Asmita's brother. There was And it was ex- extended family, Raju's wife his, her, and his son. Basically where, where I stayed was right beside where I was going to work. It was in an orphanage or it was a rehabilitation centre. So sometimes the children end up in like homes and this was like rehabilitation home from some from very young to three to four to up to teenage years so there's a very a broad broad spectrum of ages clothe the, the children feed the children and educate them as well so it was pretty much their home it was interesting to come into their world and 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 see and see what they see and going to going to Rampur, i was told to before I went, I was told to about malaria. So in this part of the world, because it's low-lying low water, malaria will be not an issue, but just be careful. So I took malaria tablets for mosquito bites. Uh, malaria tablets, uh, they say that they give you crazy, trippy dreams. So uh, I was looking forward to them. Also as well the weather it was very very humid and kind of like monsoony season so it was it was kind of rainy sometimes but it was just, it was sweltering hot so I try I I stayed out of the sun as much as possible cuz my skin is not ready for sun let's say so after I got to meet the family I I got to actually go to the orphanage I just I don't know how to explain I it's just children they're in a this home and it's they're just children being children, being being like you know having fun, being being a bit like curious, and I wasn't alone. I met the first girl I met was she from Austria called Barbara. And she was she was nice. She, she was like helping the kids make little wristbands, and then and then also worked with Judy. Now Judy had a lot more experience. Now in America they have this this thing called the Peace Corps, and it sounds very sounds very like you know military, but basically it's to do it like volunteering. So you can do you can do a Peace Corps, and she I think she went to Moldova, so she had experience. Working, uh, volunteering um, in another country or div- different culture. So she was, she was a bit more ready for a culture experience, uh, cultural experience than I was. Being my first, uh, in the morning, the kids would have their tadal or their their, bre- their breakfast, and we'd be clean up at for the uh, after the kids or clean up the rooms. We would, uh, we'd help them with their homework. So I'd be like a little teacher. Do maths, English, grammar, uh, playtime. Uh, but Judy brought a very interesting project and she brought a, it was a big project we ended up like, painting different rooms so say like you, my room here I'm looking at a white wall but we painted the room like an animal adventure so it was all green and different colours like giraffes and uh, monkeys and all, each room had a different theme so it was just uh, we turned this the, the, the walls that were different maybe one base color of a wall to transformed it into like an animal wonderland also they kept connected like we we'd make a we'd make our way to the you know, me and Asmida would make our way to the town to go to use the internet or call home and you see the kids in the internet a cafe just going on facebook or they were still keep connected you know and kids are kids You just just they, they try to catch on to the latest kind of trend and but also kids you know i i kind of trusted the kids a little bit too much because remember it was like Stay 25, I think it was, and uh, I remember I, I I was just taking loads of pictures from my whole, my whole trip, okay? Take pictures in Kathmandu and, and in the safari, even, uh, you know, all over, all over the cities uh, just of different people, of, of different people I met. And then I gave one of the kids, one of the kids in the orphanage, I gave him the camera and he was just taking pictures and having fun. And I was like, oh, i having fun. And he must have pressed the button on my camera. I deleted every single photo from my camera, and I was like, every single photo, all, all, everything from, 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 from all, even before I went on the trip, everything was gone, and I couldn't. There was no technology invented that there was some sort of backup system. Then I was like, I could have cried, but then I realized, you know, these, I just just enjoyed a the moment. Then, like, I. I I ended up reaching reaching out to some of the other volunteers I met and they sent me some photos so and then also it wasn't too late so I could still make some memories whilst I was in the orphanage yeah uh, that was uh, interesting uh, I, I I don't think I've given a child a, a well a, a camera or a phone or any technology to play around with since so it was a it was a lesson learned but uh, I guess it's a fun story to tell to walk to walk to the town, the nearest town, like the small, the, there was a small town nearby. To walk there, uh, it was about about thirty minutes walk. And I remember one day I was walking along, and I I hate wearing, I don't like wearing shorts or pants with no pockets, you know, no zip pockets. And I remember I was walking along. I went to the town, fine, got all I needed, and I got back home, and I was like reaching in my pockets, and I was like oh no I lost my bank card you know so I was like where could it be and I I ended up having to walk back all the way up to town and the whole town came out and helped me out like they were just it was just like look this guy's lost his bank card let's help him find his bank card and I was like what do I do and that I had everyone out looking and I was like what I was like how am I gonna how am I gonna get through this these next few weeks how am I gonna afford to to stay and I ended up doing I ended up getting in touch with with home and I ended up getting a Western union sent over so it worked out in the end but it was like, oh my goodness how' did I lose my bank card it's just like Arr. it's just, it's uh, well I wasn't happy then but i I guess I can laugh at it now because i can I can laugh at it now because I can laugh at all those things now because it's just just chalk it down to experience and uh just carry on and I did you know I I enjoyed the rest of my my time in West Rampur in the orphanage with the kids meeting different volunteers just getting a different sense a different world you know and that that was my that was my my, my vision or my my plan to Really, kind of get to know a different world from the world I'm used to, you know, in in a developed country versus developing country, and and just seeing people in their everyday kind of lives, and just kind of add, trying to add something to their lives, even 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 if it's just putting a smile on someone's face, you know, just just having fun. A little bit after that, it was you know my time in the orphanage was was up because I wanted to, for the last few days, I wanted to just go and go and do a trek so I wanted just to experience you know Nepal is the home of Mount Everest and massive mountains and I wanted to go and do a little trek just to come all this way I wanted to a little little bit of mountaineering I guess you call it so I on my last day I was we we had a little kind of party and got to see the kids one more time and they gave me a little, gave me a little picture and a little, little drawing they done and, and it was time to go. So I, I packed up my, my stuff and it was time to leave one more time and go and do a little trek that I had organized through, through the, the coordinator, his name is Lila and he organized me a, I got a bus and I got to, I went to another town called, a like called Naring, And I got a bus and I made my way to a place called Pokhara. Now, on the bus, now, as I mentioned on the bus, sometimes, well, most of the time, well, all the time, when I go on a bus, I sit inside the bus. But on these buses, when it's busy, sometimes you get to sit on top. So uh, uh, it was a very interesting uh, journey, traveling up up the hills, like big ravines, and you're sitting on top of a bus with just... Two or three randomers eating food, eating the snacks, and just going. Yeah, this is this is this is living. Sitting sitting on top of a bus, making your way to the next town. Well, le- legally legally you should be sitting inside the bus, but the conductor or the the bus driver said hey, you're fine. It's okay. Until the the police came and then we 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 stopped off at a checkpoint and the police told us to get back in the bus. So. That stopped our, our, our phone. But as soon as the police check was gone, we got back on top of the bus because why not? You put the fresh air and you're... I don't know. Another thing, if you ever get a chance and you're in Nepal or even in India, get on top of the bus and, and you'll get a different uh, experience. So I went to a place called Pokhara. It's a, it's quite a popular place for people who want to go and experience the outdoors, go trekking, do some sort of like water sports. I ended up staying in a, like a guest house just prepare myself for the journey or the the trek ahead, and I wasn't going to be doing it alone. I was I uh, I was paired up with a, a girl, a lady called Cheryl. She's from Arizona, and I also we also we were going to have a Sherpa and kind of a bag carrier as well. So we just had to focus on getting up the the mountain. So the first night we just relaxed. We just had a couple of beers, some food, and just calmed ourselves for the couple of days ahead because we'll be we'll be busy for the next few days trying to make our way up the the side of the the, the mountain and also i was told about the monkeys now monkeys are i was scared they were, they were, they were trying to scare me in the guest house because monkeys can climb in your window and steal your stuff granted i didn't have much much to steal but i still didn't want monkeys in my in my bedroom so i made my way up to my room and locked all the doors and i went to bed now the next day we got upright and upright and early. Most of the time I was up early pretty much. Like I, I was used to getting up six, seven in the morning. Just, just just as a rule of thumb, really. Just just to be ready for the day. And we made our way to uh to about one thousand meters. Uh, that was altitude. And first day we made it up to we got up to about well we we stopped at about we made our way to about 1500 plus meters the first day The it was that's high enough altitude so i i, I was taking some i brought some altitude tablets uh, and I was feeling a little bit i was feeling a little bit a bit 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 a uh, bit dizzy because of the, just not used to to altitude where sherpas are born in, in altitude and like our sherpa has climbed i think he'd summited everest at least once you know so this guy like this was um this was his day job. So this this is a profession to just to, to climb mountains. And that's where I kind of connected with Cheryl. Like she's very interesting. We talked about everything, just about just life in general. Uh, she introduced me to a, a book about a book about traveling, but it was kind of a satirical look on mountaineering. Now it's, the book was called The Ascent of Rum Doodle. Now everyone knows, well, most people in the world know that Everest, Mount Everest is the biggest mountain in the world. But the, the Ascent of Rum Doodle was about a fictional mountain like slightly bigger than Everest a humorist or a satirical look on a mountaineering expedition that isn't well run and the, the author it was William Ernest Bowman and he was an engineer by trade but he wrote this book and it was later adapted by a guy called Bill Bryson he's a well known uh, writer and humorist it's in the top thousand books you should read so that was good we just connected on on on, on, a, on a different level we we enjoyed like climbing up the mountain. We enjoyed we enjoyed our our trek. We we just talked. Got to know our Sherpa. We got to try different food. It was a nice experience going on a trek. And the the way up was fine. The way down was a bit slippy. The rain came. So it was slipping and sliding all the way down. But we got to to a little under 3,000 meters. But at that time, our Sherpa said, the visibility is not even worth going any further. So we were happy with our our work. So as we were going up and even coming down, we noticed there was like people living up these mountains. Like Yaks are very important for mountain uh, people because yaks are very uh, they used to hard conditions, so they're able to carry food and resources up. So we've seen like souvenir stores up, up the side of mountains and restaurants and just very much part of their community, you know. Now, after we finished that, we, we, stayed, in, we stayed in the guest house. Um, we packed up and we headed to Kathmandu. And for the last few days, it just kind of was like a tourist, just got to experience Kathmandu. No agenda, just went to around the city. Try different foods. I was talking about Rum Doodle. They actually, um, because the book was based on a fictional Everest, uh, someone came up with an idea to have a bar called Rum Doodle, and we wanted to find a Rum Doodle bar, and we did. There's actually a bar called Rum Doodle in Kathmandu, so that's a it's a cool kind of backstory there. I think I left Cheryl a little bit earlier. To, uh, Cheryl was travelling on. She was, I think, she was heading on to India. The day I was leaving Kathmandu. There was a little tension, kind of a political instability. There was a change over a government. And the day I was leaving, there was actually a strike. I wasn't sure if I'd even make it to the airport. Like, I'd even be able to go to the airport with whatever was going on. But eventually, I was lucky. There was a break in the strike. And I made my way to the airport. And this time, I was more prepared for, you know, if people were going to come at me come for my bags or take my bags and that's what i do so i found that the helpers around the a- airport or people to help me carry my bags because what they were looking for is a little tip like you give to a, f- a few rupees and i got through customs and then the strangest thing happened well it wasn't strange i got through customs and they went through a couple of checks and then i got to got i got up to the customs official he looked at my passport and he noticed i noticed i knew my my passport was actually only for 30 days but I actually I went to the I went to the government the visa department in Kathmandu early on in, in my trip because I realized that my Visa was only for thirty days and was over thirty five. And the person said, "That's fine. Don't worry about it. Just explain it when you got there." When I got to when I got to customs, I thought, "I, had to, it was fine. The person's leaving. There's no issues. He doesn't want to stay any longer, or he doesn't have to. Stay, doesn't need to stay any longer." And they ended up actually charging me forty two dollars or whatever that what 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 that equates to in rupees at the time. I I. I'd given away. Most, I'd spend most of my rupees, and I hadn't. I had no money on me, so I, I had some rupees, and, and some stranger came in from behind me, and paid and paid off the rest of my fee so thank you stranger whoever you are that was very kind of you then it was time to go home and just just time to just to assess and just to see just to reflect and just remember that trip to Nepal in 2010 so that was a little overview of my trip to Nepal You learned something from this episode today but in this episode I just want to pay tribute to two people I met along the way in Nepal firstly is Kendra I met her when We were in Kathmandu and she was looking to go and do some trekking. And I only found out that she passed away a little bit after I got home. And also Cheryl as well. Straight after my trip to Nepal, we went and we caught up in Hawaii and we just we just had just got just connected again and reconnected with all all the, the good times. She passed away and I just want to pay tribute to Kendra and Cheryl. Now, guys, if you like this episode today, please like and subscribe and, and put a comment in there if you feel like. And once again, remember, you're always welcome here on Heartlines and take it easy. Thank you.